Hey, what up? GM. Hey, Chad. Hey, GM, GM. How's it going? So, man, back at the old time. And I don't know where Chad B is, but I think he's, he's had to be coming, but I don't know where he is right now. Yeah, hopefully he, he makes it in here. Or it'll just be us babbling about stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, man. We are back. And with streaming swaps, I am so happy that we finally got that out the door and see some streaming swaps in the wild. I treasury tested some big streaming swaps, which had uh, pretty great execution, I would say, especially for like a first uh, dry run. So, hey, I mean, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good outcome. Uh, especially, it, like, it'll, it, it's really going to help with the, with the like-to-like transfers of like going from rap Bitcoin to Bitcoin or, or synth. Um, I can't wait to get some more functionality on it too, like adding to savers vaults or, um, you know, streaming in and out of synths is going to be pretty big, I think, because it's going to be the most cost efficient way to, to do that. And uh, I mean, if the order book design doesn't change and like entering, entering order books and things like that, like it's definitely the, uh, the, the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely still going to be some cool use cases that are untapped, but great to see it in the wild just as a first start and already super powerful. So hopefully we see a lot of volume coming through that. Yeah, I've seen a couple big swaps coming through door swap, at least like, you know, 150K like in, in size. Like I've seen, seen a couple of them, not a ton, but I mean, it, it's still like pretty... Uh, pretty early in the streaming swap days like all the the tracking functionality isn't really there uh and ThorSwap's really the only interface that has it integrated right now i, I i'm still seeing giant whale swaps come through trust wallet pretty much like every day like we're, we're seeing some crazy big swaps like we're, we're seeing like like 20 btc swaps like going through trust wallet still uh which is like pretty crazy actually whoa <laughs> yeah that's probably some pretty pretty uh yeah, I'm not really sure what they're doing, but uh, Trust Wallet even added like a uh, a, a little like modal that, that says how much, um, you know, price impact they, you're taking on, on swaps. So like there really isn't. Uh, I mean, hey, listen, if they want to do swaps that, that badly, that's, that's that's fine. It's fine by me or by anybody, you know, but uh, obviously we want people to like get as much value as as they possibly can for for a swap and not like, you know, take a 5%, 10% haircut just uh, by being two sides, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, apps like that integrate streaming swaps and how they would show it in, in like, a more simple, user-friendly way. Yeah, we, well, we definitely want, like, I mean, I think it'd be positive to have trust do streaming swaps, but, like, uh, you know, I think we just definitely need to um, get, get more data around the feature and, like, see where the best, best execution really comes from because it, it it's a slightly different product than just the regular swap thing which is is uh especially when you compare it to like other swap services um which are like you get a quote and that's like what you get no matter what with streaming swaps it's, it's possible with like price movements or like you know things can happen during that during that period of time that can affect the outcome which is um 
you know, that, that's the kind of like weird design space that we're we're working in where, you know, yeah. you, you try and execute like a, a Bitcoin ETH swap and then the prices change during the, you know, well, let, let's say your streaming swap takes an hour to complete. Uh, the prices change during that time. You could get substantially uh, less or more than what you put in, depending on how the, the prices actually change. Um, so like it, it's a very different like mental like risk calculation that you have to take while while doing a streaming swap, which is why um, I think we want to wait just a, just a little bit before um, we do streaming swaps on, on, on Trust Wallet to get a little bit more data around like where the best execution comes from with streaming swaps, like what what swap period, what um, how long the, the swap should be. Like, should we be doing hour long ones? Should we? Like, I don't think we should be sending through like you know ten hour swaps through uh, through Trust Wallet, but like you know a, a ten minute swap seems seems reasonable to me but like it's just it is there's no like exactly correct answer it's just kind of in the design space and figuring that out yeah totally yeah i I think it mostly just comes down to making it clear for the user and just so they know what they're getting into and in the trust context it's harder than say like thorswap because like they have other stuff that's like not all strung together so if people are used to swapping like certain routes or whatever and then like these third chain streaming swap routes are completely a different experience than, you know, that's kind of an issue if it's not clear. Uh, but yeah, maybe over time as this becomes like something people are more familiar with, uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see how they could get it in there in a simplified way. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's similar to like what we're seeing on ThorSwap right now, giving, giving options, um, you know, essentially as like a different route, but not exactly, <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah, one of the things which I think makes it a little complex is the price limits, where if you set a price limit, right, then you're saying if any swap executes below this price limit, then uh, refund that leg of the swap at the end. So, you know, let's say there's 10 swaps, seven of them complete above the price limit and three fail because they didn't complete. Then all of a sudden you have this partially filled uh, swap, which is like... That, that's not really an experience you get anywhere anywhere else. I, I don't think that's a particularly good experience, especially if, like, say, there's one fails and you, you're stuck with, like, you know, a small amount on, on one chain, which you, you know, can barely even swap again, but you were expecting the full amount out. Um, so, like, I, I definitely want to see some more data around what just, like, doing a basically a raw streaming swap is, uh, like, doing a doing a streaming swap, but without a, without a price limit, because... I, I, my, so my, um, like calculation, like going into this is that with a, a streaming swap without a price limit, um, well, if you were to just do a regular swap, there's, there's a chance that let, let's say like a pool is like really off balance at that moment, you could get kind of screwed on the execution. Um, and that, that chance isn't very high, but let's say like, you know, a huge, one of these, one of these, like, you know, 20, 50, uh, Bitcoin swaps is coming through the pools and you just happen to execute at that exact same time, you could like, you, you could face a uh, like a loss just from um, just from the pools being off balance at that particular moment in time, which is like quickly corrected, but there are moments where like that is that's happened and a price limit protects you from that. But um, if you don't set a price limit on streaming, on a streaming swap, um, you're essentially like re-rolling those dice, like, you know, 10 times or, you know, a thousand times, however many swaps you're doing. So 
I, I I'm wondering if the, if if it's uh, if the risk is contained enough when you break up the swap enough times, but you know not you know not going you know too many swaps, start doing a hundred swaps. Um, it's kind of a different story than doing like ten or fifteen over like a ten minute period. But if you're doing like a, a smaller number and not setting a price limit, I'm wondering like what the difference is between the the quoted execution and the actual execution because if like if that's really tight and we we make it there like you know 98% of the time then i feel like that's a a pretty good um like spot to be in yeah that's interesting that just gave me like a weird idea but like i wonder if if you were streaming over a longer period of time if like if the price was fluctuating such that like some swaps had executed where you it was in your favor i wonder if that could almost like cushion the downside if there was like a blip down to not cancel it like i, I don't know maybe that's too complicated to like factor in the the positive side but uh yeah i was just thinking because i hadn't really thought about that what you were just saying of like a very quick blip in the pools being unbalanced like causing it to to then fail even if it was like quickly recovering yeah, I mean, it, that, that could happen uh, for sure. And I think that has happened in the past of like someone doing a, a single swap without a price limit. And like there was just a giga whale swap on that exact block. And they just got like, they got bad execution because uh, they, they didn't have a price limit and uh, they just sent it through. But if you're sending in 10 swaps and let's say one of them, one of them is impacted by that, that's only one tenth of your entire swap impacted by a... But like by the price imbalance. So you're only getting like one tenth of that effect, which is like very, very rare. But, you know, it's all, it's also like these, you know, like like Trust Wallet and other integrators, they want like guarantees. Like uh, they don't want just like, you know, statistical like, uh, like, yeah, this will probably not happen to, <laughs> to your users. But like, but, you know, the quote could be way off of like what that what the actual execution is. So. Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, what, yeah, what the data it, it, is of, like, you know, how how close it is, yeah. like, you know, in with, with some range of confidence, like, you know, given like, you know, millions and millions of swaps. Totally, yeah, that, like, yeah, it might be cushioned a lot just because it's only like a hypothetically one swap out of ten or or whatever it is. So, like, just because the price has dropped X percent, your total swap output isn't affected like ten percent or whatever. It's it's only like a one percent or something like more like that so yeah yeah exactly so yeah that, that's kind of what i'm like just just thinking about with uh with streaming swaps like is, is it better to just not set a limit is it better to set a limit should we change the behavior of what happens when you when you set a limit on streaming swaps because it, it, it's not a like a ux that you get in any any other like any other tool it, it's very unique to this which is um you know when you're talking about integrations, it's not a great thing because um, there, there's like, uh, you know, everyone understands like generally like how things should work or they have an idea of like how like things should work. Um, and like if it, every other service op operates one way, we operate another way. You know, people go in with assumptions that, you know, that things all operate kind of on the same um, on the same dimension. Right. And if that's not the case, then, you know, then we're not providing we're not, we're not providing the right service if people just can't like understand what's going on without having to like read a bunch of documentation and stuff. So. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah. Let me take a look at some of these 
streaming swaps the treasury did. Let's see, one of them is 753,000 uh, BUSD swapped to USDC. I believe the treasury is doing some, some operations right now to, uh, to move from BUSD, which is being deprecated by Binance uh, and Paxos, I, I believe. I think that that, that was a SEC thing, right? Um, they were they were moving from BUSD, and so now the Treasury is, um, I guess, is basically testing streaming the the capabilities of streaming swaps to move large amounts from like different assets, and um, they they did it with some BTCB, some. Uh, some Binance pegged BTC, some Binance pegged ETH, and then BUSD, moving that to, to USDC. Um, and yeah, the execution on that is like fairly good. It's almost like what a, a curve quote would be. Um, it's 756,000 BUSD. And I think we got out 753. So I think about like 3,000 in like total total slip from BUSD to USDC with a, you know, that's just using, using like Thorchain, like main, main pools, no Dexag or, or anything, just streaming it over 24 hours, which is about like a 1% uh, price impact, which is pretty crazy, honestly, because like we, we, we never would have been there before. Like <laughs> the old, the old quote was nowhere near uh, that amount. Yeah. 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 That's a huge breakthrough for sure. I mean, that's like, pretty damn good for that size yep and the other ones executed even even tighter to uh to what the quote is but um i i do have a feeling that the quotes are going to be pretty accurate for the like to like when you're going like you know in stable coin to stable coin or uh wrap bitcoin to bitcoin or um just anything that's going to have like a, a like price and, and say that way but um the the quotes for non-like assets, I feel, will be somewhat unpredictable just because you can't, um, you just don't know what's going to happen over the time dimension. So it's, you know, longer, the longer execution you give it, the, the more chance there is for there to be like volatility, which affects the end outcome. Do you know of any dashboards yet that make it easy to just browse through what's going on with streaming swaps? Whether that's like, total volume or just like seeing this, the, the streaming swaps coming in? Mm, I haven't seen anything yet. I I feel like ViewBlock put a tag on it, but I don't think you can search for it yet. Mm. Checking right now. Um, no, I don't even see a tag for streaming swaps on here. So no, I, I wouldn't even know where to where to check for a, a streaming swap like dashboard right now. I, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen anyone post about like a, a just streaming swap dashboard. So um, no, not nothing yet on that. But I think uh, like Doorstop is working on some tracking things around this, right? Where um, just like tracking like individual transaction execution because if you're doing ten swaps and some might some might fail. Um, it, it's kind of an important UX thing to be able to like show someone what's going on, especially when, you, when we're talking about like longer windows of execution and like not knowing what's happening with your funds for like a couple hours at a time, possibly. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure. I don't know exactly what's going on with that, but I would imagine you're right. I'm sure that's something that's that they're working on. 
Yeah, what else is new? Let's, let's see. We just got a new version shipped yesterday. What's what's going on with ThorSwap, Chad? What what's what's new? Just like shipping season, man. Like it feels like uh, it feels like there's so many things going on right now. Again, we've been here many times, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, right now it's it like just the streaming swap launch is obviously like super exciting, which we've already just gone through all that. But getting that live on the interface and all of that. Um, what else is going on? Um, lots of well, I mean, can't spill the beans but but you know there's a lot of a lot of great partner stuff uh you know coming together so that's really exciting and that's of course still like the the really the north star getting swap kit everywhere um this stuff around stringing together l2s uh and other evms i think is going to be like a pretty major breakthrough just because we're that then you can essentially have the same thor swap experience but with chains that are not even not even integrated into Thorchain. So that'll be really cool just for expanding the use case. So that's another big one coming um, relatively soon-ish. I know there's already been like lots of tests and stuff working. And you guys had a recent, uh, recent thing with OKX, right? You just added support for OKX's uh, multi-chain wallet. They have like a Web3 wallet. Yeah. Yeah, that's new. Um, so that's cool. And um, with a lot of these, you know, integrations can go both ways. So sometimes it's good to kind of like integrate one side and then use that to hopefully get the other side integrated. So, uh, yeah, that was a new little thing that shipped in the last what week or so. But yeah, for OKX wallet users, like you can just connect straight to ThorSwap. So that's pretty cool. What else am I missing? I feel like I'm missing one or two cool things. I think. But yeah, you guys are always cooking. Uh, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are, there really is always so much going on. I, I can't even keep track of it all anymore uh, <laughs> because there's just so many things like like lending. Um, uh, I, I don't want to like go too deep into lending. This is definitely Chad's area. And I definitely do not pay as, as much attention to the to lending stuff as like, you know, like Chad or like anyone like Orion, anyone like closer to uh, like the, the shipping out lending like side of things. But I know that um, just, just to give like a, from like a, what I know, like update on lending uh, the, uh, the, okay. So the block science has been working on the, the risk report and I believe that is all, all, all shipped out and they've um, they've come out with recommendations for, um, like starting parameters for lending. So uh, right now the the team is working to uh, you know first like test lending on StageNet. There's new fixes coming out that I believe were just shipped in this last version. Um, but it, it's possible we might need another you know we might need another version or two to ship out more. I'm not not 100 sure on that. But um, yeah, so there's like a couple of bug fixes that need to go in for lending, and then the the team is working on an ADR for lending. Uh, right now so that that'll give the the starting parameters for lending and that'll be the final vote to actually get things kicked off so i believe they're trying to get that out in the next like um i'm going to say the next two weeks uh, in a lending adr and like actually kick off the uh like the governance process to to get it going but uh it's been a long time coming and um yeah we we have like oh yeah so to, to go along with the risk report there's also 
um, economic simulations that uh, block, that the block science team uh, put together. So um, it, it basically like you know creates this the um, this simulation for like Thorchain as a whole, and uh, like it emits events, emits swaps, emits emits loans being taken out, loans being closed. And gives you an idea of like you know what what can happen in in the protocol like does this like uh does do all these events coming together like mint rune is it does it burn rune does it make us hit the circuit breaker uh the things like carry on as normal um so it's it's a it's a framework that any, anyone can use it's um it's going to be available for anyone to um actually um, make use of if, if you'd like um and it can help actually simulate like you know what can happen in particular situations in terms of like you know basically the, the entire health of of thorchain with all of this because obviously there's a lot of complexity around a bunch of different systems and things that um um different systems that affect each other um in in the larger system so the economic so the testing framework should be available to everybody and uh yeah the adr should be out hopefully in the next in the next two weeks to um actually get lending out the door but not, not trying to like jump the gun or anything on on lendings i'm not the closest one to that i would normally ask uh, chad b for that but that is as far as i know the most recent update on uh shipping lending yeah sounds like it's getting pretty close so great let's go and uh, Patriot, what's up, man? I brought you up. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Yep. All right, awesome. Hey, always nice to talk to you, gentlemen. Thanks. Um, I just want to make an announcement to everyone in the Thorjane community who happens to listen to this. Um, we started a Discord group um, for marketing, basically. Uh, so basically how this started is, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to Ledger's Twitter, but they tweeted something very interesting. And basically what it was is they said there was the reason why they expedited Thorchain to integrate it is because they had a sheer number of people just demanding this, demanding, demanding chronically. And so a kind of a light bulb popped in a couple of our heads. It's like it's something you intuitively know, but it's something like, man, we really need to push this. Is, you know, there's always people coming on the stage asking, you know, when is Thorchain going to do marketing? When is Thorchain going to do marketing? And the truth is, we are the marketing. Because Ledger, according to them, integrated not necessarily something that I said, or maybe Chad Thoreau said, or Familiar Cal, but it was you guys. Everyone listening to this space. And so we created this group, the Crypto Roundtable. And what it is, is just a group of individuals. Sam Yap's in there. Kenton, um, Crypto Sailor, a bunch of great Thorchads. And what we do is we're just going to promote Thorchain. It's decentralized. We basically just push content. And what's great is, you know, we can ask questions. We can, you know, if we make a thread, we can run through it with other people. You know, we give each other's opinions because we all have diverse backgrounds. Kenton, one of a very good Thorchad who recently made an awesome video, he's a marketing guy. That's his job. And so I'm, we're able to bounce ideas off someone who's an elite thinker in this field. Because I come from medical side. You know, marketing is not, is not, my, it's not my deal, okay? So if anyone's interested in this, please DM me, and I'll shoot you a link to the Discord. I'd love to have all of you guys in there, because people listen to this. Like, there are so many intelligent people in this crowd. 
and the people who really understand ThorChain are you guys who listen to these spaces day in and day out. So I think if we just had a loose organization where we all put our brains together and we're constantly pumping out content, whether it's threads or reaching out to, you know, influencers in the space, uh, maybe you've seen that. I think it's going to, I think it'd be potentially really great. We've already had great success. Um, Rob, uh, he has like a lot of numbers by now, but I was calling Rob. He's done great. Um, we had Ghost Rider. He had a lot of traction too. We actually got, uh, I think it was Ghost Rider. He got Exodus Wallet to respond. And then based on that, we then were able to follow up and really let them know, hey, there's a whole group of people who are excited about a potential integration with Exodus. So this is working. So um, on, uh, oh, I'm, I'm hearing myself for some reason. Um, but anyway, another thing you can do, if you're not interested in the Discord, what I recommend and what I've done is I've actually created a Twitter list. So all the people who I follow, I put them on a specific ThorChain list. So ThorChain Bowl, Pluto, Chad B, Decentrify, ThorSwap, First Wallet, whatever. You know, all the different pro and that way, you know, when I'm time limited, I click on my ThorChain list and I'm able to see what everyone has on one stream and I'm able to quickly share lots of content from lots of other ThorChain. So if this is something you can do and organize, great. It seems to be working really well, and we're just getting started, and we want more, more than merrier, okay? So I hope you guys join. That's all I got, guys. Thanks, man. No, I, I joined the group, uh, and I, I can definitely confirm what Ledger said about the, the community actually making a, a pretty big impact on the integration happening, because yeah, when I was at the, the Ledger um, like headquarters a couple weeks ago in, in Verizone, uh, we, we, you know, I, I talked with the, the Ledger like team, and they were all like, "Yeah, uh, <laughs> everyone was asking for a ThorChain integration, so we kind of had to do it." And e- even the support team, the like the Ledger like support people, uh, you know, came up to the the dev team and was like, "You know, you guys need to do this. People are asking for this." So like, it it is like that. That is definitely um, you know not lost uh, on me, and I, I think I mentioned that before that. Um, Obviously, the the community holds like a lot of a lot of power because it, it, it like it is all just like you know word of mouth marketing and like the marketing like the quote unquote marketing that Thorchain does. I mean, in my opinion, it's best directed at uh, integration partners. Like Thor, Thorchain isn't Thorchain itself isn't like a retail facing app. Like you like you can't just tell someone, oh hey, go use Thorchain because it's like there's no canonical front end it's just a it's just a protocol that says like you know when i get this bitcoin do this with it so um it, it's used by all these front ends like you know like ledger like trust wallet like door swap so like that that's really where it's best directed at and obviously not not those ones i'm talking about but uh you know where we where we want to be to get the protocol to the place where it is you know we're just really powering the uh the aggregate of of uh like DeFi cross-chain swap volume, which is definitely where we can be and like uh, where, where I think we'll be in the next like, you know, nine to nine to 12 months. So uh, yeah, I mean, the goal is to be in every single major app. Uh, but it's also like, I would like to say that it is important not to like brigade and to like AstroTurf and things like that. Like it's important to actually be like, you know, a, a genuine, just like, you know, good like internet citizen, I, I feel. Uh, and to you know just not be like not not be a dick but like at the same time uh to just like 
explain to people what's what's going on here because a lot of people just have no idea and it's not even just that they don't that they don't care or don't see that it's useful a lot of people just don't have the time to like uh just learn about everything that's going on in this space there's clearly so much in in the industry and uh yeah i mean definitely taking like you know it, it does make an impact is what i'm what i'm trying to say here so that last point was yeah. really good too is like not to just become some shiller group like a bunch of shit you see on twitter and stuff but like to to rather actually just be like a good clear-headed uh person who can just well explain why this stuff matters and why it's important and i I think like our community is definitely on the mature end of the the spectrum when it comes to crypto but good to keep that in mind don't just go around spamming and and stuff like that but um i do you have a do you have a tweet to this uh link somewhere that we could we could pin up just so it's everyone could hop in yeah. Uh, okay. I'll put it in the comments. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, my hands are a little busy right now. I'm working. And uh, I totally agree with you. Say, listen, the reason why I'm, I'm on this stage talking to the people in this group is because you guys are in the know. We do not want people to have some mindless hype train and putting out nonsense out there because I think that can be more harmful than good. We want to be honest and real with what we're saying. We want to have reasonable expectations. We want to be um, forthcoming with the risks because let's be honest, you know, this is a new protocol. We have features that have never existed before. This is a risky thing, but we definitely want to promote, you know, what we're doing because this is truly revolutionary. Our developers work really hard on this protocol, and I think it's time we stepped up, guys. And I'm very excited. So, yeah, you guys can drop me from the from the speaker. I'll put and put a link in there so um, people can join up. And I thank you again. Bye, guys. Oh, thanks, man. You can come up anytime. By the way, you can. And any, anyone else have you got? thoughts or just things you want to say just in general like these are just open calls like like this is i I don't just do this to hear myself talk so (laughs) if anyone wants to like uh to join and uh this you know join the discussion then you know we're we're, we're always just here these are like pretty open things uh chad likes to talk a lot not 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 me and this chad (laughs) we do some talking but other chad is the the highlight <laughs> you can't get him you can't stop him truly but Except yeah right um, now today we stopped him <laughs> yeah so, uh, all right boys i dropped the link in there so you should be good to go thanks everybody cool i'll put it up for a bit let's uh definitely i'll jump in there sounds good cool what's up prime directive Hey, uh, just one, just a quick uh, kind of piggyback off of that, like the good kind of uh, marketing instead of just a bunch of pumpy shell stuff. Uh, I was watching uh, Ivan on Tech this morning, and he went in for about uh, like a good couple minutes. He was just making a point about how he would rather hold any shitcoin over some you know, international currencies, like based on all this hyperinflation and all that stuff. And he gave a great example of why he said, cause I can instantly with, with a couple clicks, just go right to ETH. And you know what, if I want to just be like, uh, I think he said something like, if I just want to be a, 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 a meat eating um, maxi and just get some Bitcoin, all I have to do is use Thorchain. And he just, in a, in a few sentences, he just made such a clear explanation of how with just one click, he can switch his ETH to Bitcoin and it's over. Like, and, uh, you know, I know he's a fan of the project and know that he's had uh, Chad on for an interview and, you know, he just hit 
500,000 followers. And it's a great example of, you, you know, why, uh, you know, I'm really happy that it's never been all kinds of pumpy, you know, buy this coin, it's going to go to the moon and all that. You know, there's just been this like silent, constant quality building going on. And then, you know, you get a, you get a quality, um, a quality influencer like that, giving a perfect example of, of why this is important. Nobody, you know, now people can look into that, you know, it's not, it's not like, Oh, buy this coin. It's going to pump instantly. Like, uh, it was just a great example. Just wanted to share that. This is just a testament to the good hard work that's been going on for years here. That's cool. I think Chad had a great interview with Ivan on tech, uh, probably about nine, eight, eight, nine months ago, I want to say maybe around like last November or something like that. So uh, definitely check that out. Ivan's been, been around too. I think there was an old, old interview with him, um, you know, before, before mainnet. Uh, But there's been some recent stuff and he's, he definitely, he's in the know and he's a very sharp guy that like understands like what's going on in this space. Uh, Yeah, man. Maxis are so interesting, aren't they? Like, people that just like only only believe you know people that are just so firm in their in their belief that they just can't like um you know like look up it feels like um i don't know if we want to go to the full conversation about this but like i i do think it's really interesting how people like will just pick pick one thing and then you know not ever not not ever like change that belief or anything although i i do maybe personally i think it is sort of like you know engagement farming like bait on twitter uh because when you when you post things that are very uh controversial it generates a lot of engagement and makes these makes like makes things like really blow up so like being toxic on twitter is definitely like a kind of an account like growth hack sort of thing so i don't know maybe maybe it's just that maybe people actually like you know just believe that yeah. you know only one way is going to be the future but you could be right but the bummer is like the 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 regular people listening that maybe are just newer to crypto or don't know like they definitely fall into that because like i don't know about you but if i go onto like my personal twitter and like anytime i see crypto stuff pop up in my personal twitter feed it's like 90 percent of the time bitcoin maxi shit and they like seem to actually believe it, unfortunately. So people definitely get pulled in by those big accounts. Oh, this is my personal Twitter. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing on there, Chad? You doing those uh those NPC dances? Yeah, you know, I just been making seven thousand dollars a day and uh buying rune. <laughs> same man oh you know what that that reminds me of something that i i wanted to say and something i've been like thinking about I, I was gonna write i was gonna write a tweet on this maybe i still will and maybe this will help me like fully form the idea but um okay this this is just this is just me talking here um i'm i'm thinking that okay when that when like the mainnet finally launched and like the proof of concept of like actually being able to have this multi-chain exchange was first launched Rune price was about like what 20, 20 bucks. Like it, it very, very expensive, right? Uh, and then you look at today, Rune's a little less than a dollar, uh, and it's never been more accessible to be a uh, to, to be a node operator of like the Thorchain network. Really, the only people who have like had access to that in the past is people who were like extremely early, and you know, obviously the people who are 
uh, building the project. A, a lot of it is based off of like, you know, no one knew that this is even possible. Like when this, when the coin was like first sold, like I, I definitely was not around. Uh, and probably like a lot of people here, just like, we're not, we're not around either. Right. Um, I know, I know Chet, I know Chad, you weren't. Um, and it's, you know, there, there hasn't been an opportunity to like affordably like be one of the operators of this network, which is basically, um, I, I think the most important thing when it comes to decentralization, like how many, how many different unique operators there are that are basically pitted against each other to keep the vaults secure. Because, it, you know, when it becomes uh, that there's less and less operators and there's, I feel like there's a greater chance of, you know, collusion or, you know, things happening to the vaults. Uh, it's, it's more centralized, right? The more, more operators there are, the more decentralized it is. So my theory and like, it kind of just like what I'm thinking about with this lower, like rune price is that it is a great positive for the for the future of Thorchain because it means that it's more accessible to be one of the uh, you know a hundred to one hundred and fifty node operators which this network will uh, eventually have. So by having like that that lower rune price making it more accessible and obviously we have things now like being a bond provider like it's it's never been more accessible to actually provide um to provide bond but more more importantly it's like in who can who can operate and like it it hasn't really been viable to buy rune at like you know much higher prices to be a a node operator and like you know looking at it now i feel like if, if I was, you know, looking to uh, start operating a node, if I was like, you know, Coinbase or Binance or like, you know, whoever else, and obviously this is just like, just, just me like speculating. Um, now would be the time to like, st- to be accumulating enough to buy a Thor node uh, and to like actually contribute to the decentralization of the network and to you know provide that bond and like you know earn rune like now uh so i don't know just like thinking about like is rune price being low like obviously it's not like a positive thing when it when you think about like you know the the hard cap and like the amount of liquidity that the network can support but it is good that we can hopefully bring in more long-term aligned actors who were, were previously like unable to justify uh doing that to actually like come in and, and be like a force in the network. So I'm wondering what you guys think about that. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely more accessible than it has been at any time since the early days, I suppose. And, you know, now there's a lot more people that do know about it. I think, uh, I think a lot of the people that would want to are, are also down pretty bad, <laughs> but you know, for those that, at least for individuals, but yeah, you make a good point with like, especially with institutions and stuff like that definitely lowers the bar for, you know, major players, funds, um, you know, all those different things to, to potentially contribute like that. So makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, like the risk reward of getting one Thor node now versus i mean like you know or just you know trying to accumulate enough to operate one now versus like um you know months and months ago it's just i think it's kind of a a different calculus and and obviously it is kind of hinged on like the on just like the rune like price action and like rune has to like kind of behave a bit but um you know 
I mean, I, I don't think the dark times will, will last forever. And there's definitely, um, you know, players who've probably had to, who probably scaled back in the, in the times when there's a lot of excess that are probably scraping together some, some pennies right now to, uh, to, to run some door nodes. I mean, that, that, that's what, that's probably what, um, that, that's what I'd be doing if I was like of that, uh, like, you know, if, if I, if I had the means to do that, like, that's probably what I would be doing uh, to just uh, operate some of this network because, um, especially when you look at like, you know, where we're getting integrated and how much like swap volume is, is going through the network and, um, you know, us hitting this kind of critical mass of like balance between, um, organic fees and block rewards and that already being in the positive direction in like the depths of the bear market with only one major integration. Um, I, I think there's a pretty good case to, uh, like be, be like accumulating enough room to buy a node right now. So I don't know. That, that's, that's my like, um, kind of theory. We'll see how that plays out in the next like couple of years, I guess. Yeah. Agreed. If I had the means, I'd be I'd be doing that too. <laughs> Yo, Paper X, what's up, man? Hey, Paper. Hey, um, just on this topic, actually, I've been curious, but I mean, obviously, I have no idea like how like actually running a node works. I just know, obviously, we're making a very positive transition towards um having more bare metal nodes. Um, but you know, like every so often, I see users sort of saying like, "Hey, um." I joined like, uh, like I bond. I contributed like this much bond for this node operator, um, and I see you know from time to time like I I saw like I, you know, I saw Scroll Chain Bull, um, say you know like hey I've got like you know I'm running up another bare metal node and you know like I'm open to like people contributing bond. So I was wondering, is there like a um, I guess like a very you know explain to me like I'm five sort of like tutorial on how like I guess like typical for chain users can get involved with something like that like you know pitching to to bond a node yeah yeah sure so um with this new bond provider th- uh, but new i mean like it's like at least six months six months old maybe a year old at this point um you can actually permissionlessly um non sorry non-custodially uh provide bond for a node operator but you shouldn't do it unless you actually really trust that that node operator because they can still lose your funds uh, and that's, so they, they don't hold control of it, but let's say they, um, you know, did some double signs or they, you know, somehow behave maliciously to the network or they get slashed. That's your bond that gets slashed. So like you shouldn't just provide to anybody and you should also, um, you know, just, just be, be smart about it. Um, but you, you provide the bond to the network. So let me, let me go through like the process and, and the way that this works. So a, a, a node operator can um you know they can find a someone who can be the bond provider for them so they can you know they can op- start operating the node and they can say hey uh let's say chat chat Thoreau wants to be a bond provider he's got enough room for me to churn in so i'm gonna whitelist him so you have to first you have to whitelist from the bot from the node side so the node operator um you know they send a transaction that says whitelist chad's address and then they also they, they put in a, a fee. So they say, I'm going to collect 20% of the rewards. Chad, Chad, keep 80% of the rewards. I'm going to keep 20 as the node operator fee. So every node also has a, a fee they can set. Um, they can make it zero where the bond providers get all the rewards for the room that they put in. They can make it you know 20%, which I think is 
that, that that's pretty much the standard that I've seen is a lot of nodes do 20%, which I think is totally fair because obviously there's like very real infrastructure costs to running a node and, um, you know, you shouldn't expect that service to be provided for free. So 20% is pretty standard. Um, and then all you have to do is um, actually provide the bond. So you don't have to send it to the node operator. It's not custodial or anything. Uh, in fact, you can do it right on ThorSwap, which is where I, where I like to do it and where I, I know a lot of other people do it. Uh, there's a node management tab on ThorSwap where you can just click on whatever node that whitelisted you so that you can be whitelisted first, obviously. And then you can just you know, type in however much, sign your ledger or your, do your key store or whatever, and then just you send, you send it into the network. So it does a, a message deposit type transaction where it just, it just deposits it to the bond module and then, then you're in. And uh, you're you're collecting whatever kind of rewards are specified. So if you want to link up with a with a node operator to to do this, um, obviously, like you should take care not to 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 do with someone who's trusted, like like Nine Realms, like Thorchain Bull, but also like take care for the decentralization of the network. If everyone just provides to one bond provider, um, that you know, then it, everything gets skewed towards that, that one provider. So th there's a new channel, there's some new channels in the Thorchain dev discord, which uh, maybe some people haven't seen yet. Um, it's fairly, it's really new. Um, it's something that we're just like trying out right now. There's also some more discussion going on right now about, um, you know, how to like, how to scale bond providers. Like, do we want to scale it? So there's unlimited bond providers with no, uh, uh, with no whitelist, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Like, there's, there's still a lot of like ongoing discussion about this. So this will definitely change, um, especially if you're listening to this in, in the future. Then you know this could be like completely out of date. But um, as of now, that that's how it works. You can any node operator can whitelist up to ten bond providers, so it's not unlimited. Um, and it, this is to prevent like some kind of like network capture um, like a, attack. Um, so the Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So anyway, the, the forums that are on the Thorchain dev discord, obviously the Thorchain dev discord links are in the, uh, there it's buried in the, in the link tree bio in the Thorchain account. If you want to get to it easily, also in the documentation, you can find it if you poke around enough, um, you know, and there's a new section that I made called Thornode ops, which has two sections, uh, one called pooled Thornodes, where you can, um, that's where anyone can like engage in some general discussion. They can ask questions and just be, be open. Um, because obviously, um, when you, when things start going into DMS, that's when like scams start happening and, uh, you know, no one knows what's going on. And not that it's not safe to DM bond provider to DM node operators, it, like, but it, uh, we definitely need like a, a forum where you can just openly, um, openly talk and, uh, ask questions and, you know, make sure that things are kosher, like in front of the community. So that's what the, the pooled Thornodes channel is for. Then there's a new forum, uh, which is kind of like something something new that we're trying uh, called Node Providers, where any node operator can go in and they can make a, make a post. It, it looks like an old school like forum, but it's in Discord. Uh, and any, any node operator can make a post there uh, just with all their details. So they can say like, hey, I'm open for, uh, for delegations. Um, this is my fee. Um, and like, this is like some of our process, like, uh, you know, like, so it's basically where any node can uh, advertise their services. So if you're looking to provide bond to a node and like earn like single sided rune, um, then I would go to the node providers channel in the Thorchain dev discord and 
contact a contact an node operator and see what you can do about uh, providing bond. And obviously, like being very responsible about that, doing your doing your research and reading the documentation beforehand, so you know you know the risks. Uh, I tried to ex- I think I explained it um, fairly well. So it, it's not it's not like it's it's super risky if you're with the trusted provider, but you need to have there's some level of trust you need to have with that node operator to not uh, to not lose your funds. Hope that explained it. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Uh, just had a user ask me about it, so yeah, good. Um, I'll point them towards the channel on the dev discord um but actually as a follow-up to that um i've been curious because uh you remember a while ago we uh shipped the multi-sig um like thor state functionality for uh, on the on the thor sort of interface and i think one of the things we were like ideas we we're playing around with at the time was that potentially um like not, uh, a group of four shares could get together to like you know manage a node uh but do it obviously in a um more trustless manner, like you know, through like a multi-sig. Um, I'm I'm curious actually, since since that functionality is like you know being shipped, um, do you know any like node operators maybe potentially you know like with ten whitelisted addresses are actually managing their nodes this way? We'd love to hear some like feedback or. Well, there's well to start. There's very few that actually have ten bond providers. Now, I don't think that that was really your question, but I. Okay, so if I'm looking at the dashboard right now, there's, I think, two, maybe three nodes that have 10 bond providers. I see three nodes with 10 bond providers, and there's only a handful over four or five, uh, to be honest. So it, we're definitely, like, uh, running a Thor node is definitely not, like, a, you know, just everyone just, like, pitches in a little bit, and I definitely don't think that makes for, like, the best, net, like, network security. But um, just, just to be clear, like, there isn't a ton of people running... Um, 10, 10 nodes. I, I'm not actually sure, like, you know, who's using ThorSafe. Um, it's not like I'm, in, I'm, I'm definitely not in contact with a bunch of people that are, um, like, you know, running nodes or, like, doing anything like that. So, like, I, I really don't know what, what people are doing. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not actually sure. Although, like, I, I, I have to say I haven't really used the ThorSafe that much just because, like, you know, it's not like I have, like, a, a really use for it my, myself. So I haven't really played around with it too much. But as far as I remember, there's, like, a there's like to, to sign messages, you need to, like, pass around some files between, like, you and the other signers and sign them in order and things like that. So, so that can also be used for, like, things like a message deposit for to, to add a bond. Uh, yeah, that's definitely one of the functionalities built into it. Um, cause I think that was one of the intentions, um, from what I remember anyway, um, shipping multi-sig on Thor chain, uh, it, you know, one of the motivations was like, Hey, this would be really useful for node operators. Um, and yeah, just could just be good to know if any node operators, operators, um, have been using it, uh, or are interested in using it or. They're not even aware of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just wanted to uh, kind of like, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up uh, as part of this conversation because I was just reminded of it. Um, yeah, yeah, that could definitely be useful. I mean, I, I guess I could. So, the, the, I guess the difference is in that there would be like some kind of shared custody of the assets where it's like just doing a regular bond provision that it's completely non-custodial where you just bond with the network and it gets attributed to that 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 node operator's bond so it's it's um it, it's like a, a different um thing but it, it definitely could be useful for for anybody and yeah like 
the rune multi-sig is a thing. So if people didn't know that, and it's it's on ThorSwap, I think you have to enable it in the in the settings, right, to actually see it, possibly. Yeah, it's not the pro mode that <laughs> we've got in the settings. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, like because you know ThorChain obviously uh, it doesn't support like smart contracts and the EVM smart contract sense, so it's a little bit more complex than you know like Gnosis say for like a you know any of these um, multi-sigs that you might have used in the past. Um, so we sort of put it in the pro mode just because honestly, like it, there's a bit of a learning curve there. Um, so yeah, but it's definitely there. Um, and it's really like, I remember we built it uh, and shipped it because yeah, I remember Chad B was saying like there was node operators um, who were like kind of requesting the feature for something or um, was quite important to the protocol. So yeah, just curious if, uh, it's getting any use or maybe some use cases we haven't covered yet that maybe the UI can, can sort of, you know, be, um, be, be uh, improved on. That's a good question. I, I would definitely ask about it in the dev discord. I'm not sure if people are using it anymore. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure there are people that are using it. Maybe, maybe not. Um, maybe you guys should track it on your website who's using it and who's not just to get a better idea on like, you know, what the actual usage is. But uh, I feel like now that there's bond providers, it's, it's easy enough to just, you know, just to provide and to not have to deal with the, a multi-sig like i know like i i would prefer just to you know not non-custodially provide a bond rather than to have to deal with like you know signing transactions and you know giving up custody but um yeah i could i could definitely see it being useful for, for certain cases for sure i'm sure people do use okay, it. Man. um yeah uh, i mean we we use it in our team you know just for optic purposes so um hey if you didn't know blockchain has multi-sigs like there you go <laughs> That's sick. Um, yeah. Any, anything else you want to say about uh, ThorSwap or anything anything new that's going on? We we, we talked we talked briefly about it with the uh, OKX wallet and, and and stuff like that. I'm not sure what else you guys have been uh, um, chipping or, or cooking up recently. Um, to be honest, we've got quite a lot of things. Like you know, I probably have I don't know, like I want to say six or seven medium articles sitting in drafts. <laughs> so uh, I feel that. <laughs> yeah yeah so you know there's definitely a lot of the pipeline um other than the usual like improving ux um you know just making things easier to use and uh and uh, we've got you know we're trying to improve our decentralization and com community governance so we just had our third uh community governance proposal um you know uh ended like on-chain voting got um, another one to go up soon so yeah, just kind of formalizing the process around that for like, you know, uh, Thor and VTOR stakers to be able to like contribute and guide, you know, the protocol. Um, and I think you guys were talking about marketing before as well, right? So part of that is, um, I guess, you know, a lot of the proposals and ideas are coming up on the ThorSwap Discord are related to that as well. So um, yeah, I definitely want to collaborate and, um, you know, with any floor chats with, with connections and ideas around like marketing and obviously reaching out to protocols for integration. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's also quite a lot of things being worked on there, for sure. Yeah, I feel like the integrations have just been going super well. Uh, like, I, I feel pretty bullish about, like, everything that we've been doing during, like, this, the past basically eight months, like, the, like everything that we've been doing this year for, for integrations. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it feels like, like, like some, some are always going to be tough because a lot of, um, a, a lot of integrators are tooled for EVM only, but uh, 
I, I feel like that's the main hangup where it's, it's not like people don't see the value of, of the service and like, you know, don't like, and especially with Swapkit where it makes it really easy to go from just EVM to, um, you know, to supporting EVM and UTXOs and Cosmos and multiple wallets, which is like things that nobody in ETH world thinks about uh, because it's like, oh yeah, let's well, just hook up my, my MetaMask and, you know, sign away all my, <laughs> sign away all my stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just like totally interesting space, but it feels like there's been such good reception from like, you know, people seeing the value of um, of like of Thorchain and, um, you know, hopefully we can, get, we can nail down some some great swap kit integrations. I know some good stuff's in the, in the pipe there, but I'm, I'm really excited to see some some major ones come out. Yeah, I really agree with what Patriot said previously about, you know, the community coming together collectively to... Um, you know, just increase the awareness around like what Thorchain does, um, which sometimes can get buried under like, oh, we've already had bridges or we already have this other centralized service. Um, so I think like because we're so, I mean, it's been two years now, you know, we're so used to that concept of like being able to do it, you know, like Bitcoin to ETH, you know, the holy, what's, what was once the holy grail of like DeFi, right? Um, you know, that sometimes we forget that people, um, they literally like it's not on their radar, you know. Like we we're talking about maxis before, right? So like literally, even now, you still have people who are not even aware that blockchain can do this. So I think, um, I mean, it's a bit of a personal anecdote, and I'm not gonna name obviously like you know the protocols or like people involved, but um, you know, like you know, I've literally spoken with like BDs at other protocols, and after like three meetings, I realized like, oh they still don't realize we do native swaps. Like, you know, because it's so used to the concept of like, oh, it's just like a bridge or like you're wrapping assets. Um, you know, they'll be like, oh, we have that already. And you have to explain to them. It's like, oh, no, no, no. I checked out your project. I checked out your app. It's, it's a centralized solution, right? It's not actually native Bitcoin. Because um, sometimes, you know, you have people who are, maybe you're just talking to someone that's like working um, like, a, like a product manager or for marketing. Like they actually, like they themselves might not understand um, you know, the difference, or maybe they're so ingrained in the layer two or whatever protocol they're working on. Yeah, they just don't have time to like understand what Torchain does, obviously. So I think sometimes it's like really important to take like many steps back to kind of like guide people to, to you know, like to get to that point, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I, that's totally what I've experienced too. Um, they just don't really realize that this is even possible. And even if they do, it, it, it is a big leap to move past just EVM and and uh, it and the biggest the biggest issue. Like, I'm gonna keep I'm just gonna keep saying this because it's it's so true. Is just the wallet support because w when your whole site and your whole app is tooled around being able to sign a transaction on an EVM wallet on MetaMask, like. It, it's just not even possible to do anything else. So it's like, um, I mean, okay, maybe this is a dumb analogy, but I'm kind of thinking of it as like, you know how um, like language kind of constricts thought and in, in the fact that like, like just do, whatever language you, you speak, that is basically the way that your like brain trains you to, to think about things where it's kind of the same way where it's like, it, it, maybe it's more akin to like a, like a paradigm where it's like, if, um, if, if like the only thing you know is like connecting EVM wallets, then you don't know anything outside of that whole space, which is like which is continuing to grow because obviously we're building the tools to actually grow outside of uh, outside of EVM uh, and like making that easy. But it's still quite complex because there's no 
like i mean literally the, i think the only like major like major ish wallet that that does multi-chain really well is xdefi and that's because they've been in the the, the door chain space since day one um and like I, I think that's one thing wallets are going to really have to get right especially the, the major wallets if they really want to grow and like see the see that like huge user adoption is supporting native protocols and then also like supporting apps that are built on those on those protocols so it, just expanding beyond EVM is going to be like pretty big it's just quite difficult to like actually make that leap these days because wallet support just isn't there what wallet are you going to connect for your bitcoin wallet that it has actual like traction and support in that community I, I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe Ledger Connect. Uh, you know, like how DoorSwap does it, where you can connect your Ledger directly. I love that personally. But um, is, is that even enough to gain like a a like a critical mass of people being able to like interact with native Bitcoin? That's a good question. Yeah, I think sometimes you kind of have to like flip the just flip it on its head, like conceptually, because sometimes people get very defensive, right? Like because they are focused on their protocol. And, you know, they don't want liquidity or users leaving their protocol. So, you know, um, so like, people like to say, like, oh, we're, we're like a multi-chain, you know, we're like omni-chain or whatever the latest term for it is. Uh, but really deep down, they're like, no, we, we want all the users, right? So, but, you know, I think like, because obviously we're in a bear market, so everyone's like fighting for whatever, like users are still left. But I think like, the truly, you know, the protocols and projects are here for the long term, like by the time it hits the next bull market, you know, that's when you want to like, that's when the BTC dominance drops and it flows to those um, altcoins and, you know, layer, like layer one, layer twos. And that's when they would need that BTC liquidity, right? Where is it going to come from? You know? Um, so I think the people, the projects that have that long-term vision, they will understand like, yo, this is really useful because it's not just like our users going away to Bitcoin, but it's also like Bitcoin coming into you know, my, my chain and my project. Um, but sometimes, yeah, that takes a bit of like, you know, you have to think of it from the other side, um, which is a little bit hard, I guess, you know, if, so, which is what I was saying before. It's like, sometimes it's not like at the community marketing, it's not just like bombarding, you know, maxis to say like, hey, you know, like this is better or worse, but rather like, you know, if they're doing really well, you could always like, you know, just pitch them while you can do better with like, you know, access to like, currently siloed liquidity like they're not part of your community but they could be um and that just takes time to get them to like really think about it that way yep 100 percent paper x um yeah thanks for thanks for coming up man and uh if anyone else wants to come up on stage i don't know like i don't think there's uh, a ton more to say for uh for this week just Continuing to grind away. I'm just gonna go through and see if there's any uh, any big new changes that came in the last version, which I'm forgetting. There's just a lot of a lot of fixes, a lot of aggregator stuff. Uh, see streaming swaps. Yeah, a lot of prep work being done for lending right now, which is pretty much the next major thing. So we're waiting on the ADR there, obviously. Got Crypto Sailor connecting. Yo, seven. Hello, just testing my mic. Can you hear me? Yep, yep. we hear you. 
Excellent. I just uh, came up to just talk about, you know, a lot of the interesting things we're doing. People are talking about marketing and stuff like this. And there's a group of us who are working on this, trying to bring something together. And I'm just helping organize it. Not as much leading it, but just trying to create a space for organization for this. I believe that's the Discord link to our Discord already pinned in this space. And there's lots of interesting things going on. And very thankful that uh, some other people are interested in this or working together on, on contributing to this. So hopefully we'll have <clears throat> some, some more concrete ideas to share and things like this going forward. And uh, definitely feel anybody feel free to reach out to me in regards to that if you need to. Um, so far, what we're doing is just working conceptually on ways to understand and communicate ThorChain. One of the things, the points that I you know, try to reinforce is the fact that ThorChain is probably the most sophisticated DeFi protocol in the world. Uh, it's like 100 times more complex than Bitcoin. So there's, you know, if we look at the expounding upon and the books that have been written by and the conferences that have been held for Bitcoin just itself, um, you would have to do it, you know, at least that much, you know, in terms of unpacking everything that it's about. So there's a lot of work to do on communications and definitely I'm very excited to see uh, efforts going forward in that direction with what we're doing. Yeah, totally agree, man. You know, I've I've thought about like I don't know about writing a book, but like writing a like you know how Eric Voorhees said that great article about when when Mainnet um released about uh like Thorchain for Bitcoiners, I believe the name was, and like really really dumbed it down. But the thing is, like when you're moving this fast in in this space, like whenever you write something it's almost immediately obsoleted which is kind of like stopped me from from writing a lot of um like longer things because i don't want to just write something and then it's like i even when there's any part that is like not correct like I, obviously i wouldn't want to re release something like that and when things change so often as i do here um like you know just writing anything about like you know the dynamics of a network like this or even just you know re referencing any kind of like principles that we i mean principles i guess are, are pretty like sturdy but um like in terms of like how, how, like different dynamics um i would love to do that but like things things change so quick that i feel like once you once you were to publish something or just like get people to read it um within six months it's like there's whole sections that are probably completely wrong so like i i, I hope we do get to the point one day in the next like you know two to three years where we're like done shipping new features like it's it's fairly ossified like we're not like we have like um we have lending out we have perps out we have like every major network feature is shipped and like in the hands of the people and people are using it we have integrations and then you know then maybe then maybe someone can sit down and uh and write the the uh the thorchain book so to speak in uh like the uh like like a Bitcoin standard type thing, or even just like a mastering Bitcoin um, type piece. Cause I, I think things like that are really useful and um, ossification is useful in being able to like really deeply understand a system because unless you're just in this space, like the, the Thorchain space, I mean like every single day and like really like keeping up with what's going on. Uh, it, it's very easy to not, you know, to, to just like, you know, check out for a little bit and then things are like, 
think things are changed quite significantly. And like, you know, there's uh, a lot of, a lot of precedent for that in the, in the past. So I do look forward to the day one day when, uh, you know, we can look back and say like, damn, look at all that we did. And then we're, you know, we're finally like, like at least feature complete. So and then we can start like actually communicating everything that we did in like, in, in a way that won't be um, like obsoleted in the future, likely, I hope. Yeah, for sure. It's obviously tough to sit down and, and write about it. Uh, but, the, you know, it's like the, the value proposition is, is so massive and in a lot of ways. It's hard. Like, so everybody, every crypto project in the world is going to put on their website that they, like, did it all. And they're the number one blockchain that's going to rule the world. So <laughs> breaking through people's skepticism and having to hear that all the time is uh, a super big challenge and it just it comes a lot down to just wording and phraseology <laughs> and just communicating the value proposition all of which is really hard to do so yeah definitely looking forward to uh working more on that and uh seeing the realization of the value of the project i think thorchain is just important as a part of an interchain ecosystem i mean the 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 group that i'm creating is also referred to as the interchain roundtable and you know whatever we do with any one crypto project like you said ossification of the protocol standardization of features eventually with an app chain you do want to stop like building more because otherwise it just becomes you know kind of a mess so you know that that this the efforts that we're doing can be parlayed into even more opportunities and so that's what i see as a real benefit to participating in a community organization like the one that we're doing is getting relationships, networking, developing skill sets, getting experience. And that can, you know, anybody who actually, you know, this is a time for even people to like pivot careers, you know, crypto, I've done that with my own life. So that's a, a ton of opportunity yeah, where there's challenge. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, like to build in your second point, like you know, if if anyone asked me like a year and a half ago, like what I what I would be doing, like I I did not think that I would be like working on this protocol full time, and yet like and yet here we are, and there's nowhere else I'd rather be. But I I never thought that this opportunity could like could possibly exist. And the protocol is looking for contributors. Um, ch actually, Chad just posted like maybe two days ago that they're looking for some uh, new GoLang devs for uh, Thorchain core protocol development. So if that's up your alley and you're you're passionate about this stuff or you just want to contribute, then, uh, you know, that, that's what I started doing. And like, you know, Chad, Chad Thoreau and I, we just started doing Twitter spaces. And uh, now we just host these like, you know, sort of weekly. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to call it weekly anymore. because We're definitely <laughs> not weekly anymore. But, yeah, uh, right. You know, we like we we just we just contributed, which is pretty much yeah. how everyone in this protocol has started doing it. You just contribute, and then um, you know you gain some some notoriety, and you know, and then uh, you can. You, there's, there's so many businesses that you created on top of Thorchain. Like, oh my god! Like, I wish I could make them all because there's I've, there's so many ideas. Yeah, it's like we were talking earlier with the with Patriot and the marketing Discord and stuff. Is like like the best way for us to make this stuff happen is just for the community to step up and do it. Just like if you have an idea, if there's something you want to something that's missing, you know, see how you could fill that gap. And yeah, there might be a business in there for you. There might be like, you know, 
payments from whatever, like treasury still approves some stuff. Right. So yeah, you know, like you can all just like start doing the thing that you want to exist really. So. Yeah, it's definitely good to make sure that you have positive engagement with the original core group also, like you said, um, because, you know, having mutual support, it really helps uh, people feel like they're a part of, like, so for instance, I helped organize a lot of stuff with Bitcoin back in the very, very early days, and there was like no coordination, right? It was a total mess. There wasn't any spaces or anything like this. There was one message board and everybody was kind of on their own. And I, I think the Bitcoin community, like it really kind of in a way fell apart in 2014 because there just wasn't a lot of engagement from the core group with a lot of the community and the industry. So keeping that going is going to be super helpful. And uh, so definitely uh, I'll try my best to make sure that as somebody who's kind of helping to coordinate this effort, I'll make sure that this effort is collaborative with the, the Thorchain group and uh, have like all channels open because, you know, one of the points is we, you know, you don't want to expect engineers to do marketing. This is like as someone who's done development, I've done kind of both sides. I'm not a marketing guy or, or a biz dev guy. I've just had to like under circum certain circumstances, learn some of the basics about this stuff. So I could help maybe guide some stuff in the beginning, not beyond like people who have expertise, but um, you know, it's just it, when you're in the tunnel and coding and working on these crazy esoteric, uh, even math problems, there's not really the ability to develop the communications necessary for the market. It's just the, like you said, the community does have to step up and, and, and be a part of, uh, you know, outbound communications. And that's what got this whole space going, right? It was activists in the very early beginning with Bitcoin that it got it going. And say with Ethereum, there's a very strong, like the biggest community is probably the Ethereum community by far. So that's what we can do. And yeah, thanks guys for everything and hosting the spaces too. <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, I wish more, more people should host like spaces and, and things like that. Um, I kind of feel bad that I'm the only one that can do it. And like, obviously, you know, I've, I've got a life too. Chad has a life, like, you know, everyone's, everyone's doing stuff, but like there's, there's a lot of community members who I'm sure, you know, like to, like to talk about things. And that's how we started. Just, um, just me and Chad started doing weekly spaces and stuff, which is just, it was just for fun. Uh, and you know, it's, uh, it's become a little bit bigger than that, but still fun. Yeah, I'll try to, I'll try to commute contribute to that as well i usually actually host a little space after a lot of these kinds of things for a few handful of people let's keep an eye out oh, for nice. that nice nice yeah i was just gonna kind of yeah, plant I, was the gonna say this. I was gonna oh, say the same thing because like i feel like recent i feel like the, the ibc community is like super engaged even though obviously they have their own eight chains and stuff but there's always like some kind of like ibc cosmos related space it's obvious obviously it's not hosted by the same person every time but you know, they all like got their little um, symbol in their names. And obviously we have like the room circle. So um, uh, I think like, I was just thinking like, you know how we had the catchphrase, like floor chain solstice. That's like a really good like space name. I feel like you, anyone could just like run a space. Like whenever like some centralized exchange gets hacked or whatever, we should just like, anyone could just run like a space, you know, we can all just hop on, just title it like 
blockchain solves this. You know, be too many spaces if we do it every time. Yeah, we, I feel like we could be a bit more dynamic. Obviously, I caught the joke. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, uh, I think this is sorry. just going to yeah. plant the seed for like when, especially like, I mean, I I don't know about you. I mean, I'm pretty sure crypto spaces have just been like down 95%, not just ThorChain, right? It's like the whole space, right? Like, I mean, remember how many spaces there were? Like there was... At any given moment, there were like five different interesting crypto spaces going on, like what a year and a half ago or something. So, you know, hopefully, like as as our community continues to grow, and then as the broader community kind of like surges back with energy, you know, we should be we should be, we should be having spaces every day, like different people hosting, just casual spaces, just chatting, onboarding people, explaining explaining what it's about. So, I think it's been hard to do. Like like me and you, Cal. Like we we used to have another space besides this space every week, um, multi chain live on Mondays, and that was fun. And like there were times where we had like what like four hundred people or something. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it'll be fun to get back to that. Yeah, these days it's just uh, Bitcoiners talking about the the Fed rate. That's that's the the most entertaining content <laughs> apparently about Bitcoin. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. It's a tragedy. Sorry, what were you trying to say, Paper X? Uh, no, I was just thinking, I was just saying, like, I feel like most of DeFi spaces these days is always, like, some really terrible news. You know, like, oh, this week is just being all curve, right? And, you know, I'll try to hop on to see, like, what's going on, but everyone's just, like, it's, like, super, super doom and gloom, right? So... You know, I just I just recalled, I just had an idea that, you know, we, we had that saying, like, you know, door chain solves this. It'll be good. Maybe we have a space and always about, like, solutions focused rather than, like, you know, just, like, problems. So maybe people will be join, they're keen to join and, like, actually we can talk about how, you know, like, hey, when we say not all, um, like, decentralized swaps are the same or, like, you know, what's the point of self-custody? Um we could do that sort of education in those spaces. You love clicking on a space and it's, it's like the, the, the title is like, um, you know, Bitcoiners anonymous number of, you know, 553. And then you, you go into it and yeah, this, or, you know, there's some kind of focused topic that it seems like it's going to be about. And then it's like, and then there's, there's some dude talking about like, Oh, you know, they're just they're just gonna print more money, and they, they, they're, all they're talking about is like you know, like politics or like you know something like that. It's completely unrelated. Like I don't know that it, this this is unrelated. What I'm saying right now, but it oh god, it pisses me off so much when when they do that. It, it, there's people just like because people just come up from like everywhere, especially when there's like a big big space with like thousands of people in it, and uh, they just talk about like random stuff that is like not even on topic at all. But I was there in the first week of Clubhouse. It's it's always been like this, man. <laughs> That's how it was designed. All right. Anyone else want to come up here? Otherwise, we can uh, we can get the space wrapped up for this week. Nope. Not seeing any requests. Well. Hey, it's been real, guys. Chad totally bailed on us without saying anything. It's okay. I'm not mad. <laughs> yeah, next week. Next week. 
I'll do a I will do a space follow up to this for people who want to specifically talk about marketing concepts or what we're doing on that side. Sweet man, be sure to keep me updated too on all this stuff. However, I can help uh, or, or any of us, you know, just uh, it's, hard, it's hard to keep up with all the channels and everything like that, and, and you know, all the all these spaces and like I know a huge thanks to everyone that actually like sticks around and listens to these. Like you definitely don't have to. Uh, like all this info is just out there, and so it, it's it's not like this is any like proprietary info that like Dude, is being conjured up. Like these are the know. these are the Thor Chads in the game. Like they just they're here every week, no matter what. We could just we could just shoot the shit all day, and no one's leaving. <laughs> I, I love that and appreciate that so much. I, I, honestly, because uh, like you know, I don't know absolutely who would who would come and join a space like this, but apparently there are people that do. I'll also shout out a couple more spaces. There's uh, ThorSwap and Cryptonary space on Monday coming up. So definitely come to that. Come support. Uh, you know, that that should be pretty cool. And I think we're going to have another just regular ThorSwap space on Tuesday or so. So big week of spaces coming up. Tuesday. Wow, you guys are really mixing it up. Yeah, well, we were going to do today, and then this went back to Friday, so we're like, oh, we'll push it. Oh, yeah, yeah and sorry about the, uh, the all the timing stuff. Yeah, Chad being overseas is really messing everything up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get back into a, a routine at some point, but works for now. Yes, sir. So. All right, let's wrap it up then, and no one else wants to come up. All right, thanks, everyone, for coming, and uh, thank you guys for coming and speaking. See you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.